help my DTC grow. Strategies and quick wins that build up 8-figure DTC brand. How could you earn more returning customers with retention marketing? Budai Media is a close to 7-figure agency that specializes in helping e-commerce companies increase their revenue through retention marketing. With their 20 team members, they have worked with over 120 e-commerce companies. You will get the answers for the following questions. What is retention marketing? Why is it more than just email marketing? How could you set up an email campaign quickly? What are the best ways to use first-party data for your D2C brand? Why is it essential to place retention and customer lifetime value above customer acquisition as a D2C brand? And of course, I'm here to help your DTC brand grow, so I asked all my favorite questions at the end. Books to read, mistakes to avoid, quick growth tips, and tools to use. Now, let's get ready! What is retention marketing and uh, how does it uh, differ from email marketing, in your opinion, Daniel? Yeah, sure. So, at the beginning, we started with email marketing around uh, five, almost five years ago. I remember back then email marketing was quite, it was a kind of new thing for many e-commerce businesses, even setting up some basic automations. And I'm happy to see that in the last few years, many things uh, have improved. Businesses, they use it more and more. And then we went one step further, which is adding more channels besides email. So we added SMS marketing to it, which became very important by now. And uh, loyalty programs, that's what we also do, push notifications. And we tried some exotic uh, things such as uh, postcards or physical letters. And this all comes down to improving the lifetime value of the customers. And I think that's what retention marketing is about. And that's what we focus on. As you said that uh, you want to focus on your royalty programs and also a complex mindset. How does Optimum came in the picture? One of the very important things is to get new subscribers because that's how we can communicate with uh, customers and subscribers to make them customers. That's how we found Optimonk. To be honest, we used different tools before Optimonk. We used uh, yeah, other sign-up forms and tools. There are so many out there. But I talked to your uh, team and your uh, founder and we tested Optimonk a few years later. I started my company and... I could see how much we improved, so we started using Optimonk, and by now that is our go-to software with uh, pop-ups and sign-up forms. So yeah, it's very important when it comes to retention marketing. What were your most impressive results on retention marketing in the past quarter for DTC brands? What could you highlight? Up to now, we had 20, around 20, uh, sorry, around 130 clients and we have around 25 case studies. And I think that's an amazing ratio. Every fifth client became and agreed to have a case study about them. I have a few favorites. One of them is when we generated around $80,000 in one week with a relatively small sunglasses brand in the US. This brand has a very interesting story because the founder was an accountant and he had a mental illness. He quit his job and he became an entrepreneur and uh, he's very detail-oriented about everything. And we managed to make a great Black Friday strategy and we achieved amazing results with this small business. Another example I'd like to mention, I think it really shows you that even consultation and some mentoring, how much it can help a business, not just implementation. 
So we work with a UK-based interior design brand and their email revenue was quite low and they had an in-house marketing team. They didn't want us to do implementation. They only want consultation and learn the know-how from us. And we helped them and a few months later, we could help them generate uh, more than $600,000 from email marketing within one month. Before that, I think they generated only one or 200,000. That's a huge increase in a very uh, short amount of time. What do you think? What could be the best strategy for DTC brands to copy these strategies or have the same results on their own? I think if you are a small company, let's say six-figure, low seven-figure brand in revenue per year, then uh, you don't have to overthink this. You can read a few of our case studies and or you can ask us, you know, in a consultation call and start out with automations, maybe send a few email campaigns and uh, have good uh, copywriting design, um, all of that, and uh, just keep it simple. And once you get bigger, like higher seven-figure, eight-figure brands, the things get more advanced. So I think at that point, you need solid experts in this field because at that stage, every business is just different. So yeah, I think you need, you know, solid experts in this field and, uh, They have to work on several things. That is not a problem if you are smaller. For example, the inbox rate of your emails or uh, how to keep your spam rate low, how to do proper segmentation. That's not a problem when you have only 2,000 people on your email list. So yeah, things became more complex once you get bigger. And how does this uh, process look like? So I will get subscribers in some way. I will get uh, retention strategy in another way or are these all together connected or not? Yeah, they are definitely connected. So there is no one without the other one and uh, they couldn't exist without each other. And when we create this strategy, we consider not just signups and how we get signups or how we set up emails, but we consider other channels. Maybe we could use a loyalty program, an SMS marketing. Maybe we could combine SMS signups with emails. Maybe we could ask for both in the same uh, sign-up form. And Optimonk is great for that. So it's all connected. And when we start working with a company, we ask a lot of questions. And I know it takes much time at the beginning. It's sometimes exhausting, but it eliminates a lot of problems later. So we have our process, a creative brief, kickoff call, We ask these questions, we go through every little details and it uh, really avoids problems later. And many times we don't even need calls with clients a few months later or maybe once a month uh, because everything is so smooth. Yeah, beginning it's more time investment, but it's for a reason. What are these details that you are focused on and what are these questions that you're asking about uh, their brand, about their store, about their existing strategy? Yeah, it's a lot of questions. Actually, I just talked to someone today who wants to automate this process more and uh, I could see on him that information overload was on his face, but uh, it's like 50 questions, something like that. We ask questions about their uh, business itself. Uh, what's the business strategy, the business model about the product? And then we ask about their email strategy and uh, retention strategy, if they have SMS, pop-ups, loyalty program. And then we ask about their ideal copywriting. We ask them to share a few ads with us other emails that they like or work well. And then we ask for design examples. 
what they like, uh, their brand guide. And then we also ask about uh, communication, like how they want to communicate with us, Slack, email or something else. But these are the main areas that we go through. So not just about email or not just about retention, so about the whole business and working together. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what we ask from them. What is your best approach to set up an email and SMS strategy? How would you start at a company, at a DTC brand, for example? It really depends on their size. And, you know, sometimes the client really want, they really know what they want. So it can change a lot based on their, you know, what they want. But uh, let's say in most cases, so we start out with this creative brief. We ask these questions. We make sure we understand what they want. And then if uh, they don't have email automations yet that's where we start because that's the biggest ROI so <clears throat> we set up uh, email abandon card flow we set up pop-ups on the website welcome flows new customer flow maybe a browse abandonment flow and then once we have those we continue with email campaigns if they have let's say five ten thousand subscribers we send out two, three emails a week and yeah, we, we just start sending the campaigns, growing the email list, making sure that the flows work well. Once we have those, we start doing A-B testing. We test on the campaigns, on the flows. This is uh, probably the best way to learn more about the audience and the business, the niche. And uh, once they get bigger, they have 50, 100,000 subscribers and beyond, we build more flows we send more campaigns, sometimes even one a day, maybe even more because, uh, you know, they have many subscribers. We start segmenting more the list because there are opportunities to do it with a bigger list. We check more their inbox rate, make sure the emails don't go into spam. And of course, we also add more channels, SMS marketing, loyalty programs, push notifications, just a number how important those are. Email can generate 20-30% of the revenue of a store, sometimes 40 but SMS can also make 5% on the average. Push notification, 2-3-4%, loyalty as well, 2-3-5%. And uh, sometimes there are outliers. We have, a, we have a brand in the US, they sell uh, kitchen knives. And SMS makes more money than email. I think SMS made, I just checked the numbers yesterday. I was really surprised, but this, this has been going on for months. But in September, um, SMS revenue was 30% of that total revenue. And email was like 28. So that's just amazing. Yes, it is. You mentioned segments that you focus on segments and then uh, sending direct SMS and email to these segments. What are the best segments that you want to focus on as a DTC brand? Are there any general segments that all DTC brands have the same? If you focus on a strategy at a, at a DTC company, which segment would you target first? There are different ways to segment the list and your subscribers. I think uh, the most commonly used and what makes the most sense is uh, engagement based. Of course, you can use location or gender based, especially if you're a fashion brand or uh, their purchase behavior. When it's Black Friday, you can use different segments. You can find the ones who buy uh, only once a year when it's Black Friday. But the most common one is still engagement based. And how we usually do it is we check who are those people 
who opened or clicked an email in the last 30 days, last uh, 100 days, last one year. And based on that, you can create segments such as engage 30, engage 100, engage 360. So that's how we use the names. Based on that, you set up these engagement based segments. This is something that I think it makes the most sense for brands with a list up to, let's say, 100,000 uh, subscribers, which is already quite big and if you are beyond that you have hundreds of thousands of subscribers then uh, you should look into rfm segmentation and if you don't know what this means it's re recency frequency monetary i don't want to talk too much about it here because we could talk about it a lot but basically instead of just engagement you check how often someone buys and then with uh, how much value and then how recently they purchased and these three things and you combine the three categories or conditions and then you will get a lot of categories of people a lot of segments of people but that's something that usually bigger companies do it so you need a certain size to start using it how do you make an email campaign for these brands. Could you tell us some quick tips to make it? We usually use Klaviyo as the software, but we use others. We sometimes we use Omnisend, Mailchimp. Omnisend is getting very popular nowadays. Um, so we use these. Honestly, I haven't created a campaign for ages in this software because my people, they, they do it really well. But we have four or five people involved in creating one campaign. So everyone is specialized. Uh, first, the person, the account manager who talks to the client, she creates the, the campaign plan one month ahead. Like these will be the campaigns we want to send out. This will be the product we promote. This will be the content. This will be the segmentation. So we have a basic idea. And then the copywriter writes the copy and then the client approves or at least someone in our team checks if the copy is on point. So two people checks the copy at least. And then we create the design. Sometimes we create it with the email software, but for other clients, we use a Photoshop if they really want a great design. And then client approves the design. And then we have someone who puts these into the copy and the design together in the email software. And then in the end, there is someone who checks the whole email if it's all good. The segmentation is set up correctly. Uh, copy design looks fine. Also, it's on point regarding branding. And uh, then we schedule the email. So this is our process. Yeah, and it, it works quite well. In your opinion, how could uh, DTC brands use first-party data to make segments and email flows and campaigns what should they ask from the customer yeah i can see that first party data it's it's more relevant than ever before because of the different regulations and third party is kind of declining i think yeah first party is much more important than ever and i think this can be used in personalization a lot so we can ask uh, different things from our subscribers followers, audience, and uh, they reply in different ways, like uh, even in a pop-up or a quiz or, uh, you know, somewhere else in a chatbot maybe. And we can use all of these informations. I think uh, the best way to use them is really personalize their experience and use it for uh, segmentation. So very simple example, you can ask questions in pop-ups nowadays. And people can click if they prefer, I don't know, yellow bicycles or blue bicycles. And then based on that, you can show them different images in your emails and uh, you can show them different products later, but you can connect all of these things 
in the smart software tools that we have nowadays. And uh, yeah, I think that's amazing. And uh, I'm really, you know, excited what the future brings when it comes to using this data. Yeah, and in my opinion, most of the e-commerce platforms want to copy a bit Amazon's own personalization systems. So all the DTC brands could have the leverage of an Amazon-like experience because otherwise they couldn't uh, compete with Amazon. These uh, uh, stuff that they are just uh, overwhelming cheapness and other dropshipping products. But DTC brands need to have their own way of personalizing things. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. As a DTC brand, everyone wants a relevant customer list enthusiastic buyers and steady revenue flow. How could anyone reach these goals? Yeah, great question and important question, I think. Relevant customer list, enthusiastic buyers. So I think it's not just about uh, our work and retention marketing, but the whole uh, vision and you know what, what the business does, right? So I talked to so many business owners and some of them or many of them, they think uh, too short term, I think. Uh, they just want to throw some money on the ads see the ROAS and sell products and some of them they don't even deliver the product or not in time so I think that's very far what we should try to do and achieve but there are other business owners who are okay to even take the phone and call their customers and talk to them and uh, really nurture the relationship so you should think long term about your business and act accordingly you should measure your numbers track your numbers and make decisions based on that I think these are all very important but when it comes to more specifics just a few tips so you should make sure that you get your new subscribers in an ethical way and you don't try to trick your uh, subscribers or customers. There are these, um, I I'm not a fan of these uh, lucky wheel type of pop-ups, for example, because the conversion is usually very high, but the quality of subscribers is usually low. That's my experience. And then I don't like those pop-ups when you offer uh, something you know, huge thing that they can win a big reward and then nothing happens. Those people won't open your emails after they sign up. So I would try to avoid these and I prefer sign up forms where you give them something that is reasonable and then you will get uh, good subscribers who are engaged. Also make sure that you check your spam rates, also your spam complaint rates. You can check these in with different software tools. We use Klaviyo, we use a Glock app to check the inbox rate of our emails. And then you will see how many emails go into spam um, and then you can work on it. And then you should make sure that you segment your list properly, send emails to those people who are actually interested. For example, we send promotional emails to Engage30. I mentioned the segments before what it means. We usually send this to Engage 30 and it's rare that we send the promo email to the whole list because someone who didn't open for an email for two years, it's very unlikely that they will buy. It's better to send them some content or warm them up somehow. So that's a good strategy. And finally, if somebody doesn't open your emails for more than a year, you should think about deleting them from your email list uh, or at least not sending them emails because it's very unlikely that they will open emails in the future. So I know some brands, they are afraid to do it, but you shouldn't because those are not engaged people. 
and they don't buy and you pay the software based on the email list size. So it's just a rational decision, I think. How could you maintain the high level of retention and high level of customer lifetime value instead of just quick wins and uh, and have low quality customers? Yeah, I think first of all, you should start measuring it because I know many companies, they don't do it. There is a saying that what you measure, it improves. And I find this very true. Yeah, first you should use some tools to measure it. I really like Triple Veil, for example. It's very common for Shopify nowadays. And you can see once you get a new customer, what they spend within the first uh, day, first month, first year. And you can compare all of these numbers. It shows you your uh, returning customer rate. So first of all, start tracking it. And then you can use these marketing channels that we discussed, email marketing first, SMS, different sign-up forms, loyalty programs, and then you will see how it affects your uh, lifetime value and returning customer rate. And uh, one more thing I would add is uh, subscriptions. You can check out a tool such as Recharge and you can implement it uh, because these subscription tools, they really help you to sell more products and, you know, it's all about convenience. So it's so convenient to subscribe to a product and they automatically get it. They don't have to go to your website all the time and buy it again and again. It's much more convenient. So subscriptions, they also help increase these numbers. But I think uh, you should start measuring this, tracking this, and then just start implementing these channels, marketing channels that we discussed earlier. And these numbers will improve by time. What could be the low-hanging fruits for retention for a brand? Just to summarize all of what you've said it. It's hard to give you one answer on this because there are so many things that, and it's different for many brands out there, but just a few common ones I can see. The most basic one is they just simply don't send enough emails. And when I started uh, my uh, business journey, it was all, all, also a lesson for me. I had my first few clients. I sent one email per week. It made a nice revenue. And then I was like, let's send two. What happens? And then it made more money. And then, okay, I was like, let's send four. And it made even more money. So it was a very simple lesson. But uh, I can see that still many brands, they don't do it. Or somebody makes the emails who doesn't really have time to do it maybe the founder, and you should give it to somebody else who has time and then just send more emails, you will make more revenue. So that's the most basic ones. And then other one is, even if you send more emails, many brands, they don't do segmentation. They just send the email to everyone. It's also a common mistake. I think earlier we discussed why it's not good. On the other hand, I can also see brands, especially bigger ones, who over-segment or over-complicate things. That's a bit different type of problem. I think it's because they try to test everything and they just leave everything there. And after a while, nobody really understands the whole story. Like what is our email marketing? They just, they just get lost in the details. And for bigger brands, actually many times, that's how we help. We just come in and we remove flows, we remove emails, we remove uh, over complicated things and they start making more money. I think these are the few common mistakes I can see. Nice. Nice and uh, smooth, as I see. It's easy to overcomplicate, but it's not easy to make it looking like an easy one that is uh, making results. I see. For the end, I want to give 
all the DTC brands some seeds and nutrition to grow their DTC brand. And uh, these would be the same questions all over all the podcasts. And I want you to ask these four simple questions that you maybe you already talked about, but it would be a quick question and answer part of the podcast. What books would you recommend to read for a DTC brand? I prepared with three books to mention and these focus all on retention and not uh, growing or you know not really on ads or acquiring new customers but more about retaining them and making them happy long in the long term. So first one is uh, Zapos Delivering Happiness. This is written by the founder of Zapos. Second book is Made to Stick. It's about how to get viral and how to stick your name into the people's head. Third one is Never Lose a Customer Again by Joey Coleman, and an amazing book, and it really shows you or, or tells you how to think about your customer journey. And uh, yeah, these three are highly recommended. What is the biggest mistake that a DTC brand or an e-commerce brand could make? There are many, but if I have to highlight one, so again, uh, short-term thinking and uh, making money quick, you should think long-term in general and you should focus on customer satisfaction and then, you know, making money will be will become much easier if you have it. Could you tell me your quick growth tip related to retention? Maybe I would just highlight one of the trends. Uh, so get started with SMS marketing especially if you are in the US or UK, because this is the highest ROI marketing channels nowadays. And it's just amazing to see what numbers you can generate with SMS. So yeah, definitely check out SMS marketing. Tools to use as a DTC brand who wants to grow. You mentioned already a few tools, but I want to make sure that everybody who listens will take notes on these tools. Yeah, yeah. So he here's our go-to tech stack, email marketing, Klaviyo, and for pop-up sign-up forms, Optimong, and SMS marketing and messenger marketing, Recart. If you want to make uh, surveys, quizzes, uh, you can check out Octane AI for data, Triple Whale, if you are on Shopify, but uh, also Google Analytics. It's just more complex for many people, I guess. E-commerce platform, probably I don't have to mention, it's Shopify. Yeah, I would say these are the main main tools. Thanks for help DTC brands to grow. And uh, I'm sure that everyone who will be or was the client of Budai Media is really, really, really satisfied with their results. Thanks for the invite. We try to do our best and uh, I'm really happy to be a partner of Optimong. And yeah, I just wish more case studies in the future for, for us and for our clients. And don't forget to try these tips today. For more seeds and nutrition, stay tuned for the next episode.